I mean, what's pro football focus doing? Last week they had Brady. This week they got Brady. We're doing it. We're literally doing it differently from everybody else. Hey, as a matter of fact, moving forward from this point on, I will not make reference to PFL. Ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, we're going team by team. I would be very careful about slings. So, am I going to get sued? Are you got legal on this? Let's send you out on the right note. Uh, PFF sucks. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs> wow. Welcome in to the PFF NFL Podcast, Steve Palazzolo, Sam Monson. We're live from the hotel room, Ish. recapping Super Bowl 58. Unfortunately, we could not go live here because of internet issues, but we're going to get this to you. You're listening to this as soon as we can, but it's Sunday night after the Super Bowl. Yeah, some very rough internet in the hotel. In Ru- Vegas, really, generally. The whole yeah. place has been an internet problem. So congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl 58 champions. They win once again the 25-22 to in overtime. First time seeing the NFL overtime rules. A little bit of confusion, I think, in uh, the world. Yeah. Watching these. Did you guys know what was going on? I think so. We were trying to work out if it was the first time a game had gone to Super Bowl since they had changed the or uh, to overtime since they had changed the rules. Yeah, they only changed it in 2022. So first playoff game, I think, in overtime with the new rules. I think people were confused about the end of the quarter if the Chiefs were like up against the clock. I was wondering what happens when you just roll it over. I think. I think that's why they announced second period. Yes, I think that's why they just announced it's a new football game. The only difference is, you so know, you, just, like you can't you be start losing. a second overtime period, but you just continue as if it's the change of quarter. Correct. Okay. And that, it did seem like the Niners were a little bit confused right. on the coin toss where they said they wanted to receive because historically, of course, you want to receive right. in overtime no matter what the rules are, but we're closer to college rules here where you're, you're trying to match. You have the opportunity to match and maybe they should have deferred. Yeah, entirely possible. I should probably apologize in advance for uh, Do that. energy levels on this podcast, coherence, uh, general demeanor don't, of death. Don't speak in my direction. Gotcha. Look at the camera. Not feeling great. Not feeling great. I was one of the only people in the world not happy that the game went, game went to overtime. I was just sitting there in the auxiliary <laughs> press box. It felt like a really bad hangover, and I'm like, just just end the game. I don't I don't care who wins. Somebody, Not from drinking, though. Somebody finished. No, just from being illness. sick. Gordon Gordon had some disease earlier in the week. Tyler had something on the way over here. And then driving two and a half hours back and forth to Zion Canyon yesterday, me like an idiot had like air recirculating in the car. So I'm pretty sure I've just caught like a, a toxic like super Pokemon of whatever they had together. Well, that's unexpected. Tyler... Tyler is uh, trying to abstain from being blamed. Anyway, we're not in a good way. Tomorrow's going to be fun. We're leaving here at a number that has a four beginning. In a few hours. Yeah, you told me it starts with a four. So it's going to be a great 24 hours. It's an unexpected and exciting change to your day. Yeah. So right now, I'm leaning back. You're leaning forward, which means you look 16 times larger than me. And I don't care. Don't cut my... Don't care. You cut my segue. Do not care. Is 2024 bringing exciting or unexpected changes to your life? It's, yeah, it here's is. a secret weapon to help you face those challenges with more confidence, Sam. It's a great term, life insurance policy. That's right. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to protect your family's financial future so you can focus on what's ahead knowing your family is protected if something else unexpected happens. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget, like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to cover in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. So join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash PFFNFL. That's meetfabric.com slash PFFNFL. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash PFFNFL. 
Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting health questions. All right, man. Let's talk more about the game. How was the food, by the way? I get, so just to update everybody, I did not get in. We tried one last-ditch effort to get me into the stadium. Second straight year, we're sitting out here in a hotel. Me lamenting that I did not go to the Super Bowl, and you, well, you got to go. Yeah. Would you like me to soften the blow of that, or would you like me to rub salt in the wounds with some information acquired from the auxiliary press area? I want all the truth. Okay. So there were multiple empty seats that you could have been sitting in. There were very, very low-level media, quote-unquote, media, that had at least three seats. Well, we had two. That was Why did we get screwed, man? Um, What is going on, NFL? uh, What was the third thing I was going to say? Maybe that was it. There was at least two ways you got screwed there. So I'm over here. My wife's upset because she said I could have flown home. Mm. Couldn't Mm -hmm. have done that. No. Then... uh, my second oldest child has got like a busted eyebrow right now. She's yeah. she's over there upset. Yeah. Could have been home. Sure. Because I didn't go to the game. Yeah. And you're over there telling me, yeah. yeah could, I'm telling you, there were spaces. We could have brought friends. There were spaces. And if this was being done in a hierarchical, you know, who's the biggest media member here, there are people there that do not deserve the ticket that you could have had. With respect. Yes. Of course. With respect. And the food? The food was, um, it was... There were three things that were like mystery. They weren't labeled, right? And the thing was behind a curtain. So we went down. I went down just before uh, halftime to grab it, right? Not feeling great. Duck in behind the curtain where it looks like people are just helping themselves. I don't know if that was supposed to happen or if that's just what it was. It was, you know, it was animal out there, right? People are just t- taking the law into their own hands. So behind the curtain, I go open the, you know, the, the warming things. And it's like mystery wrapped burger. Open the next one, mystery wrapped burger, different wrapper. Open the third one, mystery wrap cylindrical shape. I'm assuming that's a hot dog. So I grabbed the first one. It turned out to be a cheeseburger. I was happy with my lot. That was lunch. Yeah. Could have been better. Could have been. The real press box, I'm sure. It was better than last year, where it was like literally a packed lunch with some sort of grotty sandwich and chips or whatever. Last year, I promised to eat all the wings. This year, I tried to do the same. Turns out, ordering Uber Eats here in Vegas, not necessarily possible. I had my order in for 50 wings plus sides. Yeah. 50 from Wingstop. Okay. And I uh, took a shower. I was like, I'm going I'm to get ready for the game. For the wings. They were going to be delivered 15 to th- minutes before the game-ish. So I was okay. already pushing it. And they just canceled the order. Just canceled. Uber Eats. Just, <laughs> they just bailed on it. It just now, got cut. Did, who, who bailed on it? Uber Eats or It was through Wingstop? Uber Eats. It was through Uber Eats. But like, where did, the, where did the severing of the order take place? I don't know. I just know that it got canceled. Okay. So I went downstairs to the restaurant. Hey, you doing takeout? I know you've got some nice wings. And nope, they're not doing takeout. So I ended up going we to We also like tried to get food court. Uh, yeah. Room service. And they were like, no, sorry, we don't do that. No on room service from even the, though, yeah, on Sundays. Even though now there's 8 million people in this city on a Sunday because it's the Super Bowl and they've just decided to change nothing about their day-to-day the operation. The restaurant that does room service was loaded. Right. They weren't doing takeout. So I settled for the food court over here. Yeah. And then um, somebody, when I tweeted through this, somebody else said, hey, I did. A, I went to Wingstop, picked stuff up. They were late with it. And Wingstop, at Wingstop, yeah. like, was tweeting at this guy, hey, we'll, we'll fix your order. And I was like, oh, mine was a Wingstop order too. Yeah. So, you know, we jumped into the DMs here. Did you Slid check right in, talk- that it was actual Wingstop? You uh, just told me it was verified, but like anybody with eight bucks is verified now. It's very verified, like orange color or whatever. Okay. It's a company. That's it's verified. I was yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna fix it. So sh- shout out to Wingstop. They're trying to fix it for me and rectify things. Good for them. All right. Good work, Wingstop. Enough about that stuff. Yeah. Let's talk football here. Cool. Chiefs win in overtime, twenty-five to twenty-two. Second, second title 
in a row. Yeah. Three out of four years, uh, three out of five years here. First team since for the Chiefs. Oh, Patriots. Oh, three, oh, four Patriots right. to win. We use the real season, not the year. By the way, this is a 2023 championship here for the Chiefs. Yeah. So they win in 22 and 23. Um, did Mahomes get MVP? Apparently, yes. Probably. Okay. Mahomes, another Super Bowl MVP. Do you have a take from the TV who should have won MVP? Because I have one from the stands that's been not verified by statistics or looking at anything. Chris Conley. No. No. Well, I mean, he, he above Mahomes. Well. No. I mean, I. You Trent McDuffie. Yeah, I mean, Trent McDuffie was fantastic. At least three pass breakups, a batted pass. Okay, he made a goof at the end. But which he had one out. hold, which ended right. up being, which would have been huge, you know, in overtime. Uh, but yeah, McDuffie was fantastic. Chiefs and, defense, okay, again, one of those, so good. One of those pass breakups was an off-target low pass anyway, but the first one was a touchdown saver. The second one was a third and 10, I think, that was on target. Like, those are monster plays. The batted pass was a third down as well, right? Yeah, and a, the batted a pass call. On, on the biggest play of the game, right. third and four. So you can argue that, Trent McDuffie had three of the biggest five plays in the game. I was joking about Chris Conley. He kept making all those special teams plays. But he's yeah, on, McDuffie, He's in my notes. He, he absolutely deserves a shout-out. McDuffie stood out. I mean, look, special teams was massive in yeah. this game. And it wasn't, necessar- not, wasn't necessarily one-sided. I mean, on defense, let's, let's first of all, I know the game, what was the score in the end? 25-22. Yeah, so it, it ends up looking like a vaguely high-scoring game. But like Peyton Manning called, what, 10-7 or something? Okay, the order was the other way around. Like, San Francisco was ahead, not Kansas City. But it looked like he was going to be dead on in terms of a really low-scoring game where defenses and special teams were both on top. I thought both defenses played spectacularly. I thought special teams was impressive. And the Chiefs' playmakers went back to being the Chiefs' playmakers from the rest of the season, not from the first couple of games of the playoffs. Yeah, Travis Kelsey started slow. I mean, the Chiefs' offense as a whole started slow. Um, but Kelsey started making plays, almost snuck through there on that screen pass at the end there. He was yeah. you know, creating yards after the catch. Um, again, Mahomes, I think, settled down. There were times early in the – even when his stats were good early in the game, he looked a little uncomfortable in the pocket, you know, uncharacteristic. I, I just think that the, the Niners were taking stuff away. Um, absolutely massive that Drake Greenlaw – Gets yeah. injured, Dude, linebacker a, for the Niners, just running onto the field. Poor man. guy. Like, in the Super Bowl, I cannot – everything in my life changed the moment I realized that a perfectly healthy, fit, athletic body can just decide one day, nope, and something snaps for no good reason. Makes doing, me not want to move. Doing nothing, like, difficult, right? Yeah. Like, we just hauled our ass up a mountain yesterday and banked down. At any step, your Achilles could have just gone, <laughs> snap, and now you're stuck halfway up Zion Canyon – and one of these guys got to drag you why, down. Why do you think I didn't go? Uh, you would not have got down. You would not. Would between your Achilles snapping, between the ice on the wiggles, you would have probably killed yourself and possibly killed all of us too. Good to know. Again, glad I stayed home. Yeah. Um, how do you want to go through this? Do you want to go start, start to finish or do you want to work backwards? Well, what what are your this? big takeaways other than, I mean, I gave you a couple there. Defense, I was really My- impressed by both defenses um, and special teams and then the Chiefs becoming turnover machines again yeah I mean my big takeaway I think early on I thought the Niners defense looked fast they were flying around they were taking away what the Chiefs did well um, and then it it did turn into a game of which team made fewer mistakes yeah you know the the punt the not a muffed punt but you know the Niners touch the punt can't pick it up Chiefs score a touchdown right after that is that technically on a muff I, I'm just I don't know what the technical term right. for I think it, it is, is but right, still right say a muffed punt but I mean yeah because because it did hit a Niners right. so we'll call it a muffed punt I mean, to me, that was it. Like, which team made fewer mistakes? And I thought that if the game was going to go that way... Like, so this ends up being a game that we called correctly, right? 
Kansas City win. They uh, they win by a couple of points. Everyone, nobody knew why the everyone the, the 49ers are getting all the money and all the bets, and and we're still favored. Like all of the biggest bets put in by people that have 500 grand to throw around on a game, all of them went on the 49ers, even though the 49ers were favored. Right. And yet, I think the game kind of proved them correct, which is. The Chiefs went back to being the Chiefs that they'd been in the regular season. And it was, you remember we had that argument or discussion, like, which is more important, the small sample size of playoff football that does seem to suggest Mahomes takes it to another level, stops making mistakes, you know, plays in a different way than he does in the regular season, or the greater volume of plays that said, actually, this offense can't get out of its own way, and therefore the 49ers are a better football team. I think kind of both things ended up happening. The Chiefs made a ton of mistakes. Um, all the skill position players almost made them. Mahomes made a couple as well. Yep. And then right at the end when he needed to, he managed to pull it together and, make, and stop making the mistakes, and that ended up being the difference. But I did think that if the game was going to go that way, that you know Kansas City went back to being a, a mistake-ridden team, the 49ers would be the team to win by virtue of simply making fewer mistakes. I, I think from the Niners' perspective, there were missed opportunities in the middle of the game, say middle of the second quarter into the third quarter, where the Niners had possessions, and um, again, it goes both ways. Like, the Chiefs' defense made huge stops. They were they did a great job, I think, keeping the Niners off schedule. I think there was points where it felt like the Niners maybe didn't run the ball enough. I think they're – and I get why they did, right? I mean, it, you can't just go run, run, pass, run, run, pass. They were trying to tra- take shot plays. I thought they were aggressive early on. Brock Purdy was throwing yeah. the ball down the field. They had the trick play for the one touchdown. But the overtime drive, I thought, summed it up, right? When they got those – four yards here, five yards there, even when they had a two- or three-yard run, they were a little bit more on rhythm when they had to pass. And they took some big shots on on, on first downs and made some plays. Yeah. But I think they had to they had to pass on early downs because my other big takeaway was the Chiefs' third-down defense. They were playing a lot of man coverage, tight man coverage, and the Niners weren't able to create any separation. It was a, I thought both teams did a really nice job uh, third-down defensively yeah where both quarterbacks had nowhere to go. They were holding the ball for a long time. It was so fascinating because both defenses were doing this incredible job, particularly on third downs. As you said, the 49ers were doing a better job of getting first downs before third down. Um, but once you got to third down, they were they were winning and, and dominating and forcing uh, the, the offense off the field, but by completely different ways. The Chiefs were blitzing the living crap out of Brock Purdy, playing man coverage and just, and just saying, okay, find the guy, right? And he yep. wasn't able to for most of the time. Uh, and the revert the other way, the 49ers were blitzing basically not at all and then winning with just four guys and winning about as regularly as that. And Mahomes was having all kinds of problems as well. Um, there, the other key takeaway, I think, as, as predicted, Chris Jones getting pressure at the right time. There was one play, he created the pressure, I believe, when Brock Purdy had Debo Samuel behind the defense and just hits him as Purdy's throwing to force the miss. And then the same thing, uh, third and four. I'm sorry, late, uh, late in the game, in overtime, but that forced the Niners' field goal. Basically, yeah, there was um, a play in overtime. It might have been the first one you were talking about, actually, where I specifically watched him. He went and lined up out wide over Colt McKivitz again. Um, the George Kittle, I think, started off on that side and kind of threatened the chip, and then went in motion. And he was one-on-one with McKibbitts. And McKibbitts actually did a really good job of holding up. And I, th- it might have been that play where eventually he ended up at Purdy's lap. But that felt more like a Purdy mistake than a, than McKibbitts getting wrecked. Like, I thought he actually did a really good job of anchoring and stopping that, which most people are not able to do. There was some narrative stuff that could have been 
that could have been changed. We got Kyle Shanahan, one of the biggest plays of the game, decisions in the game. I do you feel can, sorry for him. You are allowed to look at me, by the way. It's okay. I mean, I'm yeah, just joking. That, you know, I mean, whatever, whatever you want to do. I'm just, I'm, there's the TV's on over here. I can get some more information. Oh, you're watching live, TV. Live. Just read it. Yeah, That'll yeah, be exactly. your analysis. Uh, fourth and three with the Niners down three. We're not going to hear a peep about that from the uh, no. take the points crowd. Where are they? I mean, if the Niners win the game in regulation or in overtime, you go back and say there's a decision where they're in field goal range, not a 48-yard. I mean, it was a pretty easy it's like a chip field shot. goal. Right? right. For a guy who, I mean, we said going into the game, Jake Moody is a potential weakness relative to Harrison Buckner. He starts Break off it. the game hitting, breaking the record, the, yeah. the Super Bowl record for the longest field goal. He, he played well, and then they decided to go for it on that fourth down. Huge call, and they get a touchdown out of it. Not on that play, but a little bit later, and nobody is going to talk about that now. Then there's the, the – um, so the Niners go up. Three have the extra point blocked. Yeah. Um, I know people will say, well, it went to overtime. Of course, that point um, mattered. But that um, if they were if – the, if the Niners were up four, they make a huge goal line stop against the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Chiefs have to kick a field goal to make it 16-16. to 16. Chiefs would have been probably in four-down territory. It does change the complexion of the game. It's not as simple as, well, if they just – didn't have the field goal blocks, they would have won because it went to overtime. Right. But it would have been, I mean, a huge boost in a game like that where at that point everybody was struggling for offense, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you mentioned, like, special teams across the board, man. I mean, both kickers uh, broke Super Bowl records. It right. started with Jake Moody at 55 yards and then Harrison Butker with a 57-yarder. And, um, yeah, it, it was a lot of, um, you know, fumbles on both sides and mistakes and, you know, in the end, I think the Niners just made a few more mistakes. And then the overtime play, you know, the overtime rules. The Niners couldn't convert that. Third, the, the two big plays, right? There's two big third down stops by the Chiefs. In regulation, it's third and four. And the Niners, if they convert, they've got two timeouts. Uh, the, the Chiefs have two timeouts. It's a tie game. And the Niners would have an opportunity to run the clock out and then kick the game-winning field goal. That's when Spags sends the house. Because that's what he does. Trent McDuffie comes unblocked, batted pass on the blitz. Uh, Niners had double slants. I may have uh, may have texted an NFL offensive coordinator, mm. joking around. Hey, what would you what would you call on this play? He now, goes, Hey, same play. Be, now it could be either one of two. Could be one of two. I I have other offensive coordinators that I know. It's I like know when, other offensive yeah. coordinators. It's like when we couldn't name, you know, a team that worked for PFF because not all of them did, you know? Once every like offensive it. coordinator yeah. is now my buddy, right. I can start saying I texted one. Uh -huh. um, but uh, the answer was, yeah, I'd run double slants, a little blitz beater, mm -hmm. and uh, didn't, you know, same call, basically. And, and then, uh, McDuffie well, saves the game there. That was that third down, and then third and goal in overtime, forcing the field goal for the, um, for the Niners. Those ended up being huge plays. Steve Spagnuolo, man. Does it again. Mm -hmm. Everything he does. I thought the man coverage on third down, picking his spots with the blitzes, what an unbelievable season by Spags. Yeah, incredible. I mean, we, we said going into the game, he's one of the best individual game planners as a coordinator. You know, his Super Bowl game plans almost every single time uh, are insane. He does an incredible job. And they started kind of slow. Like, the 49ers' first drive was crisp, was moving the ball, and then they put the ball on the ground, right? And they, instead of getting what looked like a certain opening touchdown, um, in a game where the Chiefs deferred, they bucked the trend of recent teams taking the ball against San Francisco and trying to knock them out of that thing, um, the 49ers went right down the field, almost uh, were about to put a, put a touchdown on the board, and then instead fumbled the ball away and kind of set the stage for a game that was just going to be 
full of sort of drops and, and uh, fumbles. That's kind of been the Chiefs' defense this year, though. They've had you know, they had a bunch of games where they give up ten or they give up seventeen in the first half, and then in the second half they just cracked down. They didn't completely crack down. They didn't completely shut down the Niners, but right. they held the Niners to one touchdown. Yeah, and it came on that trick play. May have been illegal man downfield. I didn't see the replay that, on that. That trick play was fascinating because it was a legitimate second read by Juwan Jennings. Like they had he he gets thrown the ball and he's looking deep downfield and eventually talks himself out of it and comes to the second read which is that screen uh, across the other side of the field ball hangs in the air for an age but I don't remember one of those trick plays where the guy has completed like the second read on the play like he he talked himself out of the first one and came back to the second one and that ends up being a, a uh, huge play. Got to tell you more about that in a second. But first, got to tell you about Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. Want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? Well, you can find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries for, from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So we've been having fun playing PrizePix all season, uh, making our lineups, seeing how they do, having a lot of fun with that all season. You could do the same. Go to prizepix.com slash PFFNFL. Use code PFFNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash PFFNFL. The code is PFFNFL. First deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy over at PrizePicks. Um, I don't know if you saw Kevin Clark's tweet. I did not. It was from before the game. Okay. And he was talking about how he was pulling up old recruiting rankings mm-hmm. where Jawan Jennings was a QB Okay. as a recruit. And Kevin Clark on January, I don't know, it was in January, it was last month, uh, it's, it is time to unleash the player better than Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson in high school who's on the 49ers, print these rankings out, and give, get them to Kyle Shanahan, 24-7 sports. Wasn't wrong about Jawan Jennings just early because it's got Jennings as the number five QB in that draft class. Jarrett Stidham, Kyler Murray, Brandon Wimbush, Brandon Travis Wimbush. Johnson, and then Jawan Jennings, dual threat quarterback. Mm-hmm. So Kev Cole's over here. I mean, Kev Clark, sorry, is over here predicting. Nailed it. It was ahead of Sam Darnold, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson and others. Yeah, that was one of my uh, that was one of my uh, elite eleven classes. Nice, where I was out there coaching mm-hmm. those guys. Um, so that was a huge play by Juwan Jennings. So I, I thought the Niners had the right game plan there. You know, you could have you could have argued that their you know Kansas City's run defense had issues, and look, they they blew up some plays too. There was a there was a rhythm and a pace. I think when the Niners got the run game going and worked off of that, but they also created a. Um, you know, some explosive plays. Like, it was a challenge throwing the ball. Yeah. But they had to throw the ball on early downs, and they did that. I thought the Niners had the right game plan. A trick play. They took some shots. Um, again, I think, you know, the Chiefs were just one step ahead. Yeah. Aggressive on that fourth and three. That was important. Were there – who would you shout out in terms of individual performances? Because I have a few. I mean, I thought Christian McCaffrey was fantastic. I mean, he's got all the stats, obviously. You mentioned uh, Trent McDuffie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Legarius Sneed, you know, I just think the whole Kansas City secondary did a nice job. Leo Chanel, he he uh, played really well against the run, had a forced fumble in there. Um, who else do you have? 
Uh, well, we already, of course, right. We already mentioned uh, Chris Conley, who you know, as a as a gunner, had two huge plays. Uh, got all the way downfield, um, stopped the ball going, you know, into the end zone at the one yard line, and then he was the guy that made the tackle uh, on the other gunner play. Which certainly in the stadium, a lot of people wanted a face mask on. I don't think it was. I think it was a good no call. Um, he got kind of round the shoulders up here, and like the arm kind of dragged across the face. But I don't think he was grabbing face mask at all. Uh, so he had a great game. Um, Mike Pinnell from the defensive line, I thought was an absolute beast. Like he, he made a bunch of plays. Trent Williams on a play. Trent got tripped up a little bit, but only because Pinnell blew him up. Right. Huge game against the run. Um, Lenore as well for the 49ers. I mean, he yeah. ripped the ball out of uh, Pacheco's hands, was it? Um, and he made a couple of good plays as well. Um, I don't know what the grades are going to say, but I thought, you know, Fred Warner had a bunch, he had a play in overtime to, to shut down Pacheco on the screen. I, I thought that the Niners, the, I think the reason why they had a chance is because the team that the Chiefs have become is, I mean, they throw the ball underneath a lot, right? A lot of screens. A lot of quick outs, quick hitches, underneath stuff. And they definitely had spurts in this game where they were moving the ball that way, especially against the Niners where they like to play that too high shell, keep the stuff away early. Mahomes hits that deep ball to uh, Michael Hardman. There was a point in this game where that was the only real big play that the Chiefs had, and the Niners were doing a good job of just flying around. Fred Warner making um, uh, made some plays in coverage. Again, I, I don't know if the grades end up there for him, but I thought that the – the Niners uh, underneath coverage did a nice job early on. Um, the other guy I want to shout out is Brock Purdy. I mean, he played well overall. Purdy had a lot of plays where he had to maneuver the pocket, you know, had to make a little bit something happen. Even, you know, that dump off to McCaffrey in overtime, um, you know, stood in there in a bunch of plays. I thought Purdy did a nice job overall. Yeah, um, I think he made some good plays. I felt like both quarterbacks were struggling to find somewhere to go with the ball and were holding onto the ball longer than they should and causing some of their own problems. Um, you know, Purdy also missed overthrew, uh, was it a Debo Samuel play? It was like a, a wheel up the into the end zone, overthrew that for what would have been a touchdown. Yeah, but that was, again, like Chris Jones was right in there affecting the follow-through. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't have made a better throw, but there was pressure in there. Chris, every time... They had an open receiver. It felt like Chris Jones was in his face. Yeah, but I think, I mean, what's his average time to throw in this game? It felt very long. Um, I don't know. I haven't checked, but I'm sure it's I'm sure it's not great. 3.1 seconds. Yeah, that's higher than you want. Right. Particularly, uh, I mean. You know. But I think that was, I think that, I, I, again, the, the back and forth. I don't have the film here, Sam. Huh. But the back and forth between, you've got Kyle Shanahan, one of the best play callers. You've got Spags, who people are calling, you know, first uh, coordinator to win four Super Bowls. As a coordinator, right? Two with the Giants. No, one with the Giants, three with the Chiefs. Um, they, the, the back and forth there, right? Because I thought the Niners had the advantage early. Spag starts playing a little bit more man, cracking down on it. And then I think in the second half, Kyle Shanahan you know, found found a way to scheme guys open a little bit. He was stacking Brandon Ayuk. He was getting Ayuk on safeties a little bit more. Um, I think... I think that's the reason why Purdy and Mahomes were holding the ball. The coverage was, was excellent on the back end. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely think that the defenses were a bigger part of that than the quarterbacks. Um, you know, both pass rushes were really good. As I said, they, they did it in different ways, uh, either rushing with four or just blitzing a lot um, and, and playing aggressive coverage on the back end. So, yeah, look, both defenses, I think, put each quarterback in a really tough spot all game. Um, so the game winner ends up uh, to me, Cole Hardman. 
wide open in the end zone. Another well done, another scheme play. Uh, the Chiefs got the Niners did make some goal line stands against the Chiefs or some red zone stands against the Chiefs. The touchdowns that they had though, those were scheme wins, right? Marquez Valdez Scantling wide open in the end zone. Uh, Hardman wide open in the end zone for the winner. I think when it comes down to it, Andy Reid had the plays, right? Even just like the QB keeper right. to Patrick Mahomes when they needed it. Um, they had what they needed as far as play calling goes, I think. What did you make of the decision to kick the field goal with six seconds left at the end of the game? So they had they were right at the, the low red zone with 10 seconds left. And you're like, well, that's two shots. I thought they, the they first took, one, they took they the took one four shot. seconds, and that left them six. So, and instead of taking another shot, trying to do it in four seconds, quick pass or nothing, they just took the field goal then and went to overtime. I thought they would take another shot, obviously. Um, I didn't hate the decision, though, because earlier it's, in the, It's risky. I mean, you don't have a lot of... Six seconds is yeah. not a lot of time to get a play and still have a second left on the clock. The back shoulder is probably the safest play. So if they ran another back shoulder, but that's not... The Chiefs don't have a ton of good receivers doing that, right? Mahomes hit Kelsey with the back shoulder... Um, in the AFC Championship against the Ravens, they took that one shot at Kelsey. Maybe take another one to Kelsey. Very rarely are those passes tipped up. You know, very, you know you're not going to get Kelsey to catch it and be in bounds. They also they also had a chance. Yeah, it was probably too too late to catch and run. But um, but the the reason why it was, I think it was okay is Creed Humphrey's snaps. I was going to bring that up. He had at least four. It's been snaps. all season, all season, and I'm I'm a big believer that you just like see these things in the regular season. Of course, there's always going to be one Super Bowl right. winner. Confirmation bias. But there's going to be a point when the season's on the line where the thing that happened all season just comes back to bite. And it did come. Like they, they you know, Mahomes, uh, first and 10, there's a bad snap. He picks it up and throws it away. Yeah. They, they they rescued a, a couple of those. But yeah, it's all season. Creed Humphrey's been having bad but snaps. Four in a game is brutal. He's like, done that other times, I that, think. I mean, I'm not saying you can't. Like, they won the game. So obviously you can bad to the point where the quarterback either loses a handle on it completely or like has to radically adjust what he's doing to even catch the ball and get back to reading the defense that's that's bad I mean this is this is kind of the stuff that we used to bring up with Marquise Pouncey right one, one of the reasons he didn't grade as well Steelers fans um Ooh. he didn't grade as well as you know Steelers people would would like to claim it's because he was always a pretty bad snapper. You can't just sweep those things under the rug and say, ah, they didn't count. The quarterback got a, ha got a hold of it because sometimes you won't, and it's not necessarily his fault. Like, you can't say, if Mahomes had caught that one that he dropped and had to throw the ball away, it's fine. Doesn't didn't count, right? Play, play went on, so the snap is good. You have to downgrade him for it, and he had at least four of those in that game, and I wasn't even tallying them every snap. Yeah, so honestly, I think that's – a big part of it. I mean, the tension, the t how tense it is at the end there. Could you imagine? Right. Six seconds left, there's a bad snap, and whatever happened. You know? I mean, if there's a bad snap, the play's probably dead. And right? it hasn't – the bad snaps didn't hurt them a ton as far as, like, losing 15 yards. Like, Mahomes did a great job. He did a, as good a job as anybody just handling bad snaps. He dropped the one today, but he was, you know, playing shortstop on other ones this season. There were some, some weird ones in there, some rough ones in there. So I think that was uh, – a big part of the reasoning is trying to take the ball out of his hands. The Chiefs also aren't afraid to go to the gun, even though his shotgun snaps are horrible. They, right. It's not like they completely pivot to going under center. They still mm -hmm. run their offense, which you could say is risky. But, yeah, again, earlier in the year I thought that might come back to bite. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk anything else specifically from the game that you wanted to hit on. Uh, 
and then we'll talk big picture stuff. No, I think we've kind of got the majority of it. Uh, the majority of it done. I mean, Nick Allegretti, I don't think had a great game. It's not going to be the worst game in the world, but there were a lot of plays in there where, particularly the second move, seemed to get him. Like he would actually do an okay job of stopping the defensive lineman immediately, and then the counter move would get him and he'd be kind of tossed to the side. Like there were a lot of those plays where the 49ers defensive line is making a play and Allegretti's guy is the one making it happen. Yeah. The, the one other thing I did want to highlight and your, uh, your buddy, Tony Romo mentioned it a lot on the broadcast. Tony. How did Tony do? What was his uh, rate? Tony's performance. He's all right. All right. He's just all right again. Okay. He does have to get away from trying to predict the play. You know? But that was literally his only I know. Like, calling card right away. Everyone's but like, this like, guy's a magician. There's motion, and that's what we're going to do. I mean, yeah. just, just describe what's going to happen. Everyone's like, this is amazing. He's predicted the last four plays. He hasn't. Um, that was literally all he brought to the table initially. Anyway, what he did highlight that was good. The, 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 uh, the Niners did a really good job with their pass rush lanes. They did a really good job of keeping Mahomes in the pocket or when Mahomes was scrambling through the middle, you know, Eric Armstead grabbed him, grabbed him one time. Mahomes got sacked a few times on plays where, you know, he was trying to escape. Andy had a couple, say, negative runs, right? Like, you know, three-yard gains on third and long, whatever it was. I think that was the Niners' defensive line that did a very good job there. Now, when the game was on the line and the in overtime, Mahomes breaks free for a long scramble on a run. And I'm not talking about the QB keeper. That was just a right. – that was, was a run a game really thing. clever dialed up play though. That it was a good wrinkle. I, I, it does feel like the Shanahan's, the Andy Reeds of the world, they just have a feel for taking an entire season's worth of data because it's data, right, of tendencies, and just adding the wrinkle at the right time. Remember, for years we said, see, like Russell Wilson had been right. faking the keeper that was for there. like three and right. a half years. And it's like, just save it for the right time. The Chiefs have a good feel for doing that. That play Even was the, there. Uh, the Hardman motion play, right? Yeah, that play was there for Russell for like three years. And they, I don't think they ever brought yeah. it out. I mean, even like the Super Bowl last year. Remember two of Mahomes' three touchdowns were wide open to Kadarius Tony. I think it was Tony. Sprinkle mm-hmm. for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Free touchdown. I'll go deep into the playoffs, but Andy Reid and the Chiefs do a fantastic job of that, and there was a few plays in this Neither offense was doing particularly well, whereas usually those are the teams that you back on those. You know, that 49ers defensive line was getting really aggressive. And you could tell, like, they just took advantage of Bosa's aggressiveness in that play. Showed him inside. Right. Tight end bounced right out to lead block. He didn't even need to. They, they, they didn't need him um, because Bosa crashed down so hard. And then Mahomes just scampers for a plenty of yardage, 21 yards or whatever it was. Look, I think, I think in the end, the challenging thing for the Niners, they, they made mistakes, right? They, you know, McCaffrey fumble and, you know, the, the muffed punt. And there, there were some mistakes in the game. But I think stylistically, the Niners did a lot of good things. I thought they took their chances. They went for it on fourth and three. Um, they did a nice job keeping Mahomes in. I thought they did a nice job on some of the un- the underneath stuff that Kansas City. I, when you come out of the game, it's like, man, the Niners did a lot of good stuff, and they still came up short. Yeah. And then, you know, from like a high-level standpoint, the Chiefs won in a year where on Christmas they looked like, oh, this, this team could go one and done. Christmas Day, man. 
they were playing the Raiders, and it was the the worst performance of Mahomes' career. It was horrendous. It was against the Raiders, who they always beat, and they did legit turn it on in the playoffs. And so, um, in a year where the whole season we're talking about how the Chiefs are going to load up a receiver, watch out, league next year. You know they're down now, but they're going to come back. The Chiefs won in a down year and made a run, man. They made a run, beat the Dolphins, of course, in the cold game, but then beat um, Buffalo, the Ravens, and the Niners all the way through. All one-score games. Yeah. And we talked about this before, right? It's not like how do they keep doing it, making one fewer, two fewer mistakes than the other team. The Chiefs just continue to do it. Um, when Mahomes has the ball in his hands at the end of the game, you're just like, hey, this is he's going to get what they need. He's going to get what they need, and they did it. So uh, tough for the league, man. The Chiefs win again in a down year. They traded Tyreek Hill to reset the roster, win two Super Bowls after that. And now they have a chance. You know, they got to figure out Chris Jones and his contract situation. You see his impact that he has. The Chiefs are looking pretty here it was, <laughs> coming out of their yeah. third championship. It was such a close game. Like, it, you know, any one play shifts this back and forth several times. And it's funny, though, because the narrative changes completely depending on who wins, right? Now you're like, Mahomes is there. He's won 50% of the Super Bowls of the time he's been starting. He's on this Tom Brady track. He might exceed Tom Brady by the time his career is done. And we are, like, he's at this point probably unquestionably the second best quarterback to ever play the game like he's already distanced himself from everybody else because of the the way his career has gone the the championships only Brady I think has a real strong case to say you're not there yet I did it for 25 years he settled down right it's an incredible pace because he's doing it the same way uh, a Brady is right yeah. it doesn't matter the style it doesn't necessarily matter the supporting cast. You remember, like, early in Brady's career, it's like, oh, he's got great defense. Well, the Chiefs finally have a great defense right now. And by the way, they deserve a ton of credit. They haven't, they didn't give up more than 27 points in a game all season. Right. Um, but if he did, you know, uh, an even more dramatic version of Barry Sanders, right, and just went, I'm out, see ya, and, and left, bounced right after this season, he'd already go down. I think he would go down as the second-best quarterback at this point. It would be him versus Montana versus Peyton Manning versus, you know, the, the old guys we used to, Marino, Otto Graham, Johnny Unitas, all that. Like, he's his case is as good as anybody's, I think. Um, and yet, if it goes the other way, we're like, well, let's remember how hard it is to win a Super Bowl. You know, Brady went on a run where he didn't win one for ages, right? And then he came back with a bunch more. Like, it just one play either way shifts it that way. And then for Shanahan, you get the, the other side of that coin, which is he just came up short again, you know? This time he was, he was aggressive again. Like, Shanahan... After the after the twenty eight three game, could have easily completely gone into his shell in this game, and every decision that was like important, just taken the conservative, easy, dinosaur way out, and said whatever doesn't get me lit up in the media the next day if we lose. Right? Instead, he stayed aggressive. He went for that fourth down call. I haven't seen what the numbers were in terms of go not go, but sorry, I'd have kicked on that one. Yeah, like that. I, that to me was a was a more difficult. Uh, decision to go for it than any of the ones Dan Campbell went with yeah it was an aggressive move that paid off um, and then you have like little things and again this is where I think the Chiefs defense the Chiefs defense had a knack for the little things I thought they did a nice job throughout the whole playoff run playing defense in fringe field goal range they took a lot of teams and put them into difficult situations so that Shanahan had to make that difficult decision right, right. they did a nice job on third down but when the Niner, the Niners got the ball with like six minutes left, and they're running the clock, and you're trying to you're trying to play this game, right? Can the Niners in the end of the, at the end of the regulation, in a tie game, can they run this thing all the way down and not let Mahomes get the ball again? 
and Shanahan's playing that game too, and I think it was second and four, and they run a little bootleg, and the Chiefs played the bootleg, right? The the Niners, you know, the Niners like to run the ball, right? But the the Chiefs honored the bootleg. I forget who it was. It might have been Nick Bolton, maybe, in Purdy's face, who does a nice job getting it off and completing it to George Kittle for one yard. And the completion was huge because it kept the clock running and it gave the Niners this opportunity for that. Run it down to the two-minute warning and then have one play. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we're talking about here, Sam. Right? I get the legacy stuff and everything because, you know, Mahomes is unbelievable and, you know, know, Brady and the Patriots had a lot of one-play-away type stuff just as the Chiefs have had. Yeah. But the Niners set it up so you could be one play, third and four. And if they converted it, they could run it timeout run it timeout they could run the clock down to maybe under a minute and kick the field goal and really put the pressure a little bit more on Mahomes instead Mahomes and the Chiefs get the ball with 157 left with two timeouts completely different situation um so it came down to a couple of those plays and I'm just like the Chiefs just playing the bootleg well on second down I think came back to be a huge play and then Trent McDuffie tipping it on third down making a huge play so many of those through the through the game where Chiefs fans can look back and say these were these were massive plays. Yeah, I mean quarterbacks, you know, receivers, skill position players always win, almost always win, uh, Super Bowl MVP. But man, I thought Trent McDuffie had an incredible game in terms of the sheer magnitude of the plays he had. Um, what was made of Andy Reid being shoved by Travis Kelsey? Uh, Hardly anything. Really? Yeah. Huh. They showed the replay. Right. But like nothing came of it. I, I, I saw somebody mentioned like if imagine if Kadarius Tony right went I mean, up and did that they yeah, just pretty I saw somebody, much ignored it I saw somebody tweeting like if that is anybody other than Travis Kelsey that guy's riding the bench for the rest of the game I couldn't believe he popped him he looked pissed I'm not entirely sure why but so again you know I hate this because mm-hmm. the announcers are trying to figure out why Tony Tony was trying to figure out why yeah I bet Tony has he real claimed on the there. previous play I think Kelsey had a reception then they took him out or yeah. they took him out in the red zone and then they ran a run play, and whoever that was in, I don't think it was, I don't think it was, what's that? Well, whoever the tight end was, and I don't think it was. Um, Noah Gray? I don't think it was Noah Gray. Um, somebody whiffed on a block okay. and when Pacheco, when Pacheco fumbled, right? I think. And, and so I think, um, by the way, I'm losing names way more now. Yeah? Is that bad? I mean, I can barely string sentences together at this point, but. You know, cool. It could have been Blake Bell. It doesn't matter. Right. So Romo was theorizing that he wanted to be the guy blocking. Yeah. So he's putting words into his mouth saying, "I, you know, keep me in the game. Don't take me out for run blocks. You know, mm-hmm. let me, you know, keep me in there for running plays or whatever. That's what Romo's theory was. Then. Oh, I see. But we can't confirm because we're not actually on the sideline. Right. Anything else that uh, you would like insight from from the stadium? Because there were a couple of streakers. You never get to see, you know, what happens to those on the broadcast. Yeah, how would they cut away from those? Tell me about the streakers. Two of them ran on the field at the same time at the end of a play. They didn't make it beyond the 10-yard line. They got wrecked fairly quickly. Yes, that's Uh, good. They were both shirtless, I believe. Um, And I think it happened. Two dudes. Yeah. And I think it happened, like, Basically during the end of the play, because th- they came on the, the the yeah they're like mid play they're like oh we got it you know. so they said something like there was no interference but I don't think he was talking about pass interference I think he meant like the the streakers didn't interfere they didn't the affect play. the play right yeah. so we're we're ending the play and moving on right were they protesting anything not that I saw uh, it was quite a way away but they got I mean they got tackled pretty hard and pretty pretty fast 
And then I Frog March a- right at it. was one of those things where it, it's like it's done in two seconds, right? And you're like, you're spending the night in jail. Was that really worth it? You know? You yeah. think they were of the of right mind to I'm like just, to if, weigh the if you're able to get options. like a lap going, you know, and you're able to like high five a player or whatever. That maybe you can talk yourself in. Okay, that was worth the night in jail. You but think like, they did? I made like it a, to the ten yard line and three guys jumped on me. You think they did a little SWAT analysis on whether or not they should jump the guardrail and go? Yeah, I feel so. I had a former teammate, 2004, uh-huh. uh, at Fenway Park, jumped down from the bleachers, went to center, center fielder Johnny Damon, shook his hand. Yeah. Johnny said, run like hell. <laughs> he made it to the dirt behind second base. Right. Got absolutely obliterated mm-hmm. by uh, Boston's finest, Boston PD. Yeah. Uh, next day, he was the back page. Now, Jerry Remy, uh, famous Red Sox color announcer, called it. Yeah. Much like um, Kevin Harlan did that right. recently. Jerry Remy called it. He goes, that was the best form hit of it. You know, he was going nuts. There are some great tackles but in these guys now. The back page of the Boston Herald the next day was my teammate getting wrecked. Like he was the he was the dude. Yeah. I feel like the I feel like the quality of tackling and hitting while it's going down in the NFL. I think the NFL has a tackling problem. I think NFL security is picking up the slack. Those guys are crushing it recently. They did a really good job. I mean, shout out to the guys running the hallway too at uh the media center yeah. this week. They had to run traffic for like 10 oh, straight hours. the four-way hours. stop sign thing? Four-way the... stop. I mean, they. I don't know if there was a better way to do that. I feel like there was. I feel like that cannot have been the optimal solution to that crossroad situation. They had like, you know, what are they, the the tape things that go into a bollard, you know, and you can lift them up and put them back in yeah. different formations. They have them at the airports all the time, right, to make those stupid zigzag cues that you got to sit in. So they had one of those that had basically a four-way junction, like a stop sign. And they had four people all through the week manning that thing to act as like traffic cops. Like, oh, no, people are going left to right now. Quick, change it around. Up oh, north to south now. Quick, change it back. Well, they had to because we, we thought we bucked the system. We thought we could sneak back right. in. But, we had to go all the way around. And they did a good job saying, you can't come in from this way. There's only one way in for media members, and they had that controlled. But surely the way of fixing that is to just say you can't go east-west. Like everybody is going north-south here. Don't even try it. Get out of here. I got a great segment. Yeah, coming up here. Have we got long on the show left? Because I want to die. I think what you need. Yeah. I know what you need. Is it Advil? AG One. Oh. <laughs> Trusted by top athletes in the world. Now AG One, we have doesn't promise to get rid of whatever you're dealing with. Right. But I imagine having some uh, nutrients in your body Good would certainly hurt. help after a week here in yeah. Vegas. So Good AG One, a simple, comprehensive, foundational nutrition supplement for whole body health. Helps me fill up my nutritional gaps. Fortify my body, Sam. Mm. So you can focus on things that matter most. With essential vitamins, minerals, and nutrients to support daily performance and sustained energy. AG1 is a powerful, simple step you could take today for better tomorrow. Even if your spread for the big game wasn't the healthiest here today, you can still ensure you're giving your body the nutrients it needs to thrive with AG1. Not just wings. You need AG1, too. Each scoop of AG1 contains adaptogens, minerals, and whole food-sourced ingredients that support gut health, focus, immune health, and more. AG1 is a game changer, trusted by professional sports teams worldwide and revolutionizing the way athletes approach their nutrition. AG1 isn't just a product, it's a healthy habit to elevate your lifestyle. It's not just for athletes, though. Anyone can focus on their health. Focused on their health can benefit from its unparalleled impact on endurance, recovery, and overall well-being. Since I've been drinking AG1, I've noticed my sustained energy. I've noticed I need that in the morning with my coffee. 
So this football season, let AG1 be your secret weapon. Forget ordinary supplements. AG1 is a powerhouse of essential nutrients, antioxidants, and those adaptogens, offering a holistic approach to reaching your full potential. So if there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, Sam, it's AG1. That's why we've partnered with them for so long. So Thanks. if you take, if you want to take ownership for your health, start with AG, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2. And five free AG1 travel packs when you first subscribe at drinkag1.com slash PFF. That's drinkag1.com slash PFF. Check it out. I'll take it. I need all the vitamins. I, I never asked. Did you did you end up getting any food? I, I went to the chicken tender place. At, oh, that was right. That's at it. the right. uh, gotcha. food court. So And then I got a, um, a milkshake. Oreo milkshake. Yeah, yeah. An Oreo good. milkshake from Johnny Rockets. And this Vegas appears to be single-handedly propping up the business of Johnny Rockets. I can't remember seeing one of those before this week. And I've seen there's like four of them. Johnny Rockets is everywhere. We've only been in like three casinos. They're all over four the place here. Um, there, there's going to be just a whole bunch of non-secretors here while I slowly slide away into delirium. But um, somebody accused, I posted some pictures of our trip to Zion Canyon, right? We, we took a picture up at the, the top of the hill, right? We didn't, we didn't go to Angel's Landing. I forgot about the lottery system for that. So we had to settle for whatever to scout lookout right by Angel's Landing. And somebody accused me of this photograph right here. Somebody accused me of posting height propaganda. Because oh. I'm the tallest person in this photograph. Oh, you're trying to get your reputation back. Right. And, and after a week of being made look like a child next to you, it's people are week. like, oh, this is, this is interesting. It's a rough week for you height-wise. So, yeah, you tried to get I mean, little, some credibility ways, back. Apparently. Yeah. I don't, was it successful? I don't know. Anyway, somebody saw through the sham if it was. The Antonio Gates interview, which yeah. is on the YouTube here, I think helps your case. Doesn't it? I, I was, think at all I was times, dwarfing Antonio. at all times, there should be a reasonably large NFL player between the two of us for size context. Because every time there is, it becomes very apparent that you're the outlier, not me. Right? I looked much closer to Antonio Gates' size, who's six four, two fifty, and with the greatest of respect to Antonio, future Hall of Famer. Future Hall of Famer. I don't know how much playing weight he's lost. Right? He's not a guy that like shredded down to one ninety post career. Right? He's still carrying some LBs in the middle, aren't we all? But my point being, <laughs> yes, yes, we are. That man's six four, two fifty ish, right? And I look a lot closer to him than you did. And when if you go back to that Colts camp thing, right? We had uh, Quiddy Pay, Quiddy Pay in pads. That's right. After I did the dwarf game, dwarf the two hundred sixty pound Quiddy Pay. You were larger than him in every dimension when he had pads to... on and you didn't. I should be able to get more accomplished in life. So I think at all times we should have, if we're ever on location where we have to sit like this next to each other, there needs to be like a fathead of a fairly large NFL player between the two of us just to make it clear that you're the problem with the shot, not me. It's a good rule. It's a good rule. Isn't it? Um, I, so I didn't realize, a couple of weeks ago, I made a statement about field goals made. And it was the field, It was the Chiefs, and I made something up. I can't believe they had this many field goals. <laughs> and I said, can we get Elias on this? And someone from Elias they did. They got back listens yeah. and actually checked in. And what said, was the thing? I don't um, remember it was like most was. field goals in two straight games or something to that okay. effect um, from Harrison Bucker. It was big Super Bowl records set in this game for for field goals. Harrison I have, Bucker. I have oh, all the it? records. You got the thing? That's the segment. I'm going to read all the records. Because most of them kind of suck. I wouldn't read the ball. I, yeah, I already read they're that. They're kind of funny. So this is what you saw. If you were watching tonight and you were like, hey, I feel like I'm watching history. Yeah. You were. Okay. You were. So per Elias, tonight, uh, there's some career records. Yeah. Okay. So the career records, most field goals made in a career. Harrison Bucker with nine. In the Super Bowl, right? In the Super Bowl. Right. Super Bowl career. Yeah. Most 50 yard field goals made in a game jake moody with two good for jake 
Highest average punting in a game. Tonight, 50.8 from the two punters. Boom. Most fumbles recovered in his in a Super Bowl career. Patrick Mahomes with four. Yeah. How about that? Most field goals made both teams with seven. Uh, fewest kickoff returns, both teams with zero. Mm. How about that? And yards. Everyone just, yeah, straight boom down the middle. I, I was trying to track, and I was too busy dying that I didn't get the tally done properly. But I was trying to work out how many times Harrison Butker cleared the field goal from kicking off. You know, like put it through the, the posts. That's a good game. Distance-wise, I think it was at least three. That's something you can do. Because the crowd the would give a little cheer. Too. Like, you can hear the ones where he, he got it because the crowd, like, applauded it. Like, hey, he did it again. So I think it was three. Could have uh, been other, more. Other records. Butker, Butker now has most field goals made in a game with four in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Most field goals attempted in a career with ten. Patrick Mahomes has the most fumbles in a Super Bowl with five. Yeah. Because he gets one for the Isaiah Pacheco dropped pitch. Pitch. Because right. the NFL's stupid. <laughs> That's why he gets the fumble. Maybe that's why he didn't get a credential. Oh, I mean the stats. Yeah, yeah. Are, that's fine. I'm just speculating. Give here. me some more insight from the game, since I was stuck watching it on the big screen, listening Honestly, to Jim and Tony. I really don't have much. I was sitting there. Good. It reminded me Could a lot. Did you see anything? Tell me the view's terrible. The view was very high. We were in the nosebleeds in one corner of the end zone, carved out for the auxiliary press. Good. Um, the Good. the interestingly, the main press box is even higher, but. On the sort of fifty-yard line, looking yeah, down, but it's has nice. a better view, right? How do we get into the main? Press and it's box? nice. I, I don't know, but at least part of it is deference to like the local beat, because I saw some Raiders guys that were just sort of like local bloggers, but in the press, the main press box. I see. Meanwhile, Greg Rosenthal, award-winning podcast and friends, right? Three of them there, uh, next to us, not award-winning podcast. The heroes were there. We I, were sitting in the in the crappy seats. They were recording on Radio Row the other day. I went. They're recording after, right after the show. So they leave, right? He yeah. was telling me this. And I'd forgotten this. You remembered because... You, this, I remember Greg left you last year. Because the Super Bowl yeah. details pain you in a way they don't pain me. But you reminded me that during the second half, they leave to go and record their podcast after the game from like a set that was being used for pregame or halftime and is now abandoned. So they go down and record there. Meanwhile, I have to schlep my ass around like three different casinos because the guy lied to me <laughs> with where the, the media shuttle was, walk back to the Luxor to record this not live because the internet right can't handle it. Right here. In a, in a beautiful set that Tyler put together yeah. for us. Well done. Where was I going with that? I don't know. But I was, oh. was going to say, hmm. I saw uh, Greg and the guys. Yeah. And I conceded. I officially conceded. Was that they are the best American football podcast. They did remind me that I didn't have to, that the vote counted. You know, yeah, I mean, the vote counted made for our that, decision for us. But I figured it would be honorable to at least concede no, in person, is. shake their hands and say, congratulations, the best American football podcast around the NFL. Right. That's why they have their own set at the stadium, and we're just sitting here in green chairs in a hotel room. But we will work our way up. Someday we'll have our own set, maybe even on the outer reaches of Radio Row, like the, yeah. big, the big boy set. Someday, Sam and Steve, our podcast, we will be there. Okay, cool. It didn't get quite as bad as this, but I tell you what the, the general feeling of this whole illness at the Super Bowl thing reminded me of. Um, the worst hangover I've ever, no, the second worst hangover I've ever had was in college, and I forget the show. volume of drink that was consumed the night before, but I like woke up because I had a lecture the next day, like 9 a.m. or whatever, right? And I felt okay. Because, you know, you wake up, you're okay. It's, it hits a bit, you know, it's a, it's a delayed reaction. So I was like, all right, I can go to this. And I drove into the, to the lecture, and it wasn't, it was a seminar. It wasn't even a lecture. So it was a small room about this size with a long table, like a conference table in the middle, right? And like 12 people in the room, right? So it's not even one you can just hide in the back 
seat of a lecture theater and just die, right? You're sitting there with 12 people. You're probably going to have to say something or, you know, at least not overtly look like you're about to heave. And at that point, my entire head was tingling, but I discovered that I could stop the tingling if I just made contact with my head. So I was kind of spending the entire time in this lecture like this, just watching the clock tick, you know, for the hour to be over and I could just go home and die. This felt a lot like that. Except so, a Super Bowl was happening over there. This is you watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So I would think I was the only unhappy person in the stadium when it went to overtime. Wow. Like for, for the latter half of the game, I was generally rooting for the Chiefs because we call we picked the Chiefs, right? And I was like, if I'm going to suffer through this, I would, at least, I, would, I would at least like to be right at the end of it, right? Kansas City wins. They cover. It we, doesn't matter we get it right. It does. A little bit. So I was you were rooting, rooting for that. from the press box. Well, I hope the NFL auxiliary doesn't hear that. press box. Doesn't oh, count. auxiliary. Um, but you then, still won't get a pass. But then somewhere towards the end of the game, my rooting interest changed from the Chiefs to just ending the game. I don't care how. Just Run stop plays playing and com- this and completions. football. Right. Anybody that will score is fine by me. Just make it happen. Uh, one more thing that I picked up on the yeah. television. On the television. That you did not pick up was sure. the halftime show. Ah, I see. And they were going through some uh, plays by the – 49ers defense and J.J. Watt oh. used the phrase um, here's Nick Bosa nice rush something like that on an almost sack or right. on a near sack mm. and I was in my head I was like oh look at him so there can be something good that comes from a play that wasn't a sack you say truly amazing yeah I the main J.J. Watt point of interest in the press box was him sporting what looked like a haircut from the 2000 year he addressed it with like frosted tips he addressed was it, it a lighting problem or he, he actually no no he there? legit said you know sometimes you try something new with your hair and think no one will notice and wow you know, they did so i so will the, not make any comments on anyone's hair because i can only imagine you know next year when i take over from boomer or something on the nfl today set i can only imagine the hair comments i'm gonna get i mean listen nfl today i can join there's a comment you there. know there's there's a line about people in glass houses throwing stones and for a number of reasons i'm in a very very fragile glass house number one i don't have any hair left anymore and number two there was a period of time where i absolutely had frosted tips now that was in the year 2000 not 2024 and i wasn't at the time yeah, trying to be did, credible huh? yeah oh we need a little uh all a little those pictures right there. A little who did it better. I think they're on Twitter. I believe I've tweeted that picture. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to search that. Sam, I'm not looking for it. Sam Frosted Tips. If somebody else wants to try and master it, by, uh, by all means. With JJ. Yeah. I think, I mean. How was the halftime show? How was Usher? Again. And Alicia tingling, Keys. head, trying not to die. A Alicia of, Keys was noise. electric. Yeah, there's a lot of noise, right? a lot of flashing lights, you know. It seemed to drag on. I mean, not drag on. The start of it seemed to be delayed. Like, normally at the Super Bowl, the game ends players depart the field and like stage gets hauled on immediately right it's like a machine that does this thing we're sitting there like five minutes in and like there's not a thing on this field yet like this is not this is not going on time so it took a while um i thought i thought usher was great and i thought it was like he did a quick wardrobe change and it was kind of funny i think he was wearing the uh the same colors as um ben stiller in uh dodgeball he did a quick wardrobe change he was wearing the same uniform he did a quick wardrobe change and came out on roller skates that's not a quick thing to put on your feet like those things take some time the other thing you didn't see i cannot believe the camera work tyler you must have been sitting there watching that being like how is this dude like the camera work the camera guy must have been one of the performers because he was in sync with all of the choreography Uh it was unbelievable he knew exactly where to go like the practice that it took to do that was um was just ridiculous. Good for the cameraman. 
Good for him. We just one cover the, all angles. One of the here. stars of the Super Bowl. We cover all angles. Any yeah. other news coming out here? <laughs> Travis Kelsey has not confirmed if he's coming back. There's rumors about him Do you retiring. Think he'll quit? I think it might be a good way to go out on top. They, I mean, that, speaking of award-winning podcasts, their podcast is like an absolute beast at this point. They are doing like Joe Rogan numbers. Now, Joe Rogan's about to do more than Joe Rogan numbers because he's putting it everywhere again, not just Spotify. But like that's the first podcast to start rivaling Rogan when you include YouTube like forever. Um, So, I mean, they're not just, like that thing has got to be printing money. So like a lot of NFL players like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do after the, you know, after I hang him up. Like I don't have a, I mean, Brady gets $37 million a year from Fox, but like most players don't get that. But I would imagine this is pretty quickly going to rival whatever they're taking home from Philadelphia and Kansas City. Wouldn't shock me if both of them walked off this offseason. Travis seems pretty competitive. I think Jason was just, you know, more run down. He's got a longer yeah. career. And I mean, he feels more beat up, like just hearing him talk about that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Travis, at, I mean, if you asked me halfway through the season, I'd say that's definitely a possibility right. because he looked like he'd lost a step. I mean, he looked great throughout the playoffs. The problem with this uh, is the Chiefs are now in the middle of this run that is genuinely historic, and you don't want to jump off on that early. Like, if you're Kelsey, Kelsey's 10 months younger than Gronk, who's been retired twice, and the last time was like two years ago, right? Yeah. Like, it's insane, and yet Kelsey... Okay, earlier in the season didn't look great, but he doesn't really look like he's slowing down. Even in this game, the 49ers are playing incredible coverage, multiple plays. He was able to slip it in man coverage, either with the first move or with the second. Like, he is still incredible. Still really good after the catch. And Mahomes is there, and Mahomes is in his prime. So if you're Kelsey and you're like, what if I jump off now because I have the podcast and we can make bank, and they win like four more in a row, and I jumped off after three, you'd feel like nobody wants to do that. Yeah, I mean, from a team-building standpoint, they're in a spot where if they do get to bring him back and then they just probably add a weapon, you know, some auxiliary weapons, they're going to feel pretty good about themselves. And they're, you know, of course, every time a team wins a Super Bowl, it's like, oh, of course they're going to be back next year. It always feels like that, but the Chiefs have been in this run where they haven't lost in the playoffs unless it was against Tom Brady twice or against Joe Burrow Burrow on that little run that Cincinnati made. So, So, I mean, I would, I think he's going to find it very hard to walk away from that, from that reason. Like, I would... They would, he would, I mean, look, I can't say what the man would think. I would hate myself if I jumped off after three Super Bowls and the team went on another run and just added four more after I left. That would annoy the crap out of me. Now, maybe he's a bigger man than I am, both metaphorically and physically. But I would be surprised if he walked away for that reason. I would say the first time he quits, retires. Is... I mean, if he, if he cares about best tight end of all time type of How legacy. How far is he from, because Gonzalez's numbers are stupid. I don't know. I think he probably has a ways to go. Like, Gates has him in touchdowns, but Gonzalez, in terms of yardage and catches, is insane. Can we get Elias on this just live Can't right get now? A, we're not live. This is like a week later we'll be getting. <laughs> it's tough with the microphone. It's tough to search stuff. We're holding the mics here. All right, here we go. Let's see. Yards. Uh, T, uh, Jerry Rice is obviously top with 22,895. The second guy is Fitzgerald with uh, 17,000. T.O., Randy Moss, Isaac Bruce. But then Tony Gonzalez has 15,127 yards. Uh, You've got to scroll quite a way down to find Travis Kelsey, who only has 11,300. So he's 4,000 yards behind Tony Gonzalez. How much? So four-ish. 4,000? Yes. That's it? What do you mean that's it? That's four more years. Yeah, it's a four more years. So that's not that's happening a, anytime that's soon. That's a lot. That's uh, a lot. Receptions he might Yeah, be but closer. it's more like him against Gronk for titles and 
you know, domination during the era, that type of thing. Yeah, but, I mean, Gonzalez is the statistical guy that he's got to get past. So Gonzalez has 1,325 catches. Yeah, but and I think again, there's... I know it's a different game, but there's a fair discussion to... Kelsey. To boot Gonzalez out and say this is a Gronk versus Kelsey for their era and maybe all time. Can. I don't think you can boot Gonzalez like that. Uh, 907. So he's, what, four, 400 catches, more than 400 catches behind Gonzalez. Oh, yeah, he's probably not going to get to that. Right. Or is he in touchdowns while I'm at it? Anyone else? I'm just... Tyler, get, you got anything? Can do we touchdowns missed? now. Uh, Appreciate you setting this up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Sam really enjoyed getting close to the edge of the mountain, but I didn't... How far was the... Ask. How far down? It was like 1,100 feet up. I mean, it was and far you enough... you went to the edge of a mountain that was 1,100 it, feet? It, it wasn't funny. It was far enough down that you would be unrecognizable when you landed. You would be a shape. Oh, I'm glad I didn't make this trip. No, he, he thought it would be funny to stand on, on the edge. I wasn't the worst. I mean, there was some woman there with her Instagram looking, you know, taking pictures on the wall. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 74 catches. What? That can't be right. Oh, touchdowns, right. I was going like, what the hell? 74 touchdowns. Uh, he's Tony? got all the playoff success in the records. He's got like Jerry Rice's playoff Right, but then he gets some like, up. you know, <laughs> then he bridges the gap some. It doesn't matter. It's not like you go and no, it's, put it's them simply, side by it's side. It's simply who has more numbers. That's the way this works. Jeez, man. <laughs> I've been told that by everybody from Pittsburgh in the last couple of weeks. Whoever has more. Simply add up the numbers and whoever oh, has more numbers. That's my one rebuttal because every, the Watt stuff, they always put the total pressures when, of yes. course, Garrett's pressure rate. And win rate. Throw win rate out. If you're going to use pressures, use pressure rate. Watt yes. had 50 more rushes. Yes, which is like a whole, at least a whole game's worth of uh, rushing the passer if not two of course yeah well did you see the the funny did you see the the jj watt tweet like at the the night of the awards everyone was like oh everyone's asking me for my take on defensive player of the year so here it is i'm not going to tear down miles garrett i am on the other hand going to post a chart that shows miles garrett behind tj watt in every meaningful statistic i can think of and you guys just make your own mind up i'm not tearing the man down i think he's a great player having said that look at this i mean that's kind of douchebaggy JJ's had a tough week. They tried to close the gym on him early. It's been a tough week for, for JJ. Warren. His haircut didn't work out. Right. It's been a rough week. Let, me and JJ TJ didn't just, win the Me award. and JJ just catching L's this week. Not a great week in Vegas. Not a great week. You were happy. You guys have to stay house. Yeah. Do you have those pictures? I don't know what's unprofessional about. Did, is anybody Europe. left listening to us? We're done talking yeah, about the game. We're just rambling about Vegas. But we did have a great steak dinner. So for all the, um, you only had a cheeseburger today during the game. My mm. fifty wing order got canceled on me. Great steak dinner on steak. Friday night. It's good steak. Um, Peter Luger's got a yeah. shout out. Peter Luger's over here in Vegas. If you guys want to sponsor the podcast, I'll come, I'm going to come back. Yeah, next good. time I'm in Vegas, we got the steak for four. And the steak for two. Anyway, so we, you know, the so the guy came out, and there's four of us, and he's like, oh, guys, steak for four has got your name written all over it. And I'm like, you understand he's one of the four. Like, you're going to need more meat yeah. than is available for four humans. I wanted the steak for four for myself, to be right. honest. So the guy was like, well, okay, then. How about a steak for four and a steak for two? That way you got more. And that was absolutely the right quantity of steak. We for brought us. it right up to the edge yeah. right there, which was great. Yeah. And, um, but then there was like a big bone. Left mm. with the steak on. I had. It was like, a bone-in oh, ribeye, right? It's a bone-in ribeye. I'm yeah. not going to leave like there's meat on the bone. There's a lot of good meat. I'm not going to leave meat bone. on the bone. So what did you do? I bit the meat on the bone. You bit the meat on the bone. I got into it. I dug into it a little bit. I believe the technical term for that is gnawed on the bone. I gnawed on the bone for right. sure. Absolutely. Like an animal. 
Um, it was animalistic. Yeah. And uh, there's a, there's mirrors everywhere in this place. Yeah, and, and it turns a, out, looking over there, there's an unfortunate, there's actually video evidence of me doing it as well, not just you. So oh, I was we're busy. showing video. Yeah. Here. I was trying to make this like you were your caveman, but it the, turns out it was both of us. The woman next to me was finishing her dessert or paying the bill or something and <laughs> looking at me with utter disdain. Utter disdain. You sickened that one. And that made me, it made me dive in for more. Yeah. It made me want even more you absolutely of the bone-in sirloin. It was well done. Appreciate Peter Lukers for, uh, for taking care of us. Not because we were special or anything, but because we were just customers. They can did a we, good job. Can we go and not do this anymore? All right, so this I'd love, week. I'd love to keep talking about the football, but like my brain is just not functioning. We have a plane to catch. we got to like get out of here. Um, right now, you can get 30% off promo code 30MDS over at pff.com, 30MDS. Um, programming note this week. This is your Monday episode coming to you maybe on a Sunday night, depending on where you are. Yeah. We will have three shows again. We're back to three shows per week. We're losing the five. Yep. So it's you and me Wednesday and then Thursday coming up this week. <laughs> It's off-season time, Help officially boy. official, and uh, we'll be talking free agency and draft and in your emails. I podcast well, at NFL uh, pod, NFL podcast at pff.com. I haven't go. said it in a while. No, I will try desperately to be healthy by Wednesday, but the way I'm feeling right now, I wouldn't bet the house on it. I will try desperately not to catch whatever you have that between yeah. rooming with you not and then going to the airport and all that fun stuff here. Yeah, it's not. It's not a. You're running the gauntlet. I'll say that. The same way I was running the gauntlet with those two people in the car and. My gauntlet was unsuccessful. I have a powerful immune system. I trust it. Oh, yeah? Well, it's because of the AG1. Thank you, AG1. I might be out for the rest of the week. (laughs) All right. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Appreciate the whole season. This has been a great season. We appreciate all you listeners. We appreciate you guys helping to send us out here to the Super Bowl. So it's, uh, it's been a great year. We appreciate all of you. And we'll see you again on Wednesday with more PFF NFL Podcast.